Good morning. How lovely to be with you all. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. I wonder what Joel thought when he got that prophecy, when he got that word from God about pouring out the Spirit on all people. The idea of the Spirit pouring on people wasn't new. Um, all through Judges and through other books of the Old Testament, you find that individuals, mainly, are visited in this way, that the Spirit falls on them, the Spirit of the Lord overcomes them. But it's usually for some particular task, something big. Often it was because Israel, once again, was beset by enemies. Uh, and they needed a strong leader who would listen to God so that the victory would be God's and the nation would triumph. But this idea of everybody getting the spirit of God, that's new. And I wonder whether Joel thought it was going to happen in his lifetime. It didn't. In fact, Joel was probably writing around about 800-ish years before Jesus was born. And this prophecy of his didn't come true until the day of Pentecost. And it was then that there was the first sign of this prophecy being fulfilled when all of the disciples that were gathered in that room were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this now has been going on for a while. We now have disciples multiplying. And there's a problem. There are some who are feeling that they're not being fairly treated, that some are not getting the daily distribution of food. And it's obviously a job which needs to be done by someone because you can't have that kind of division in the church. But it wasn't going to be done by the apostles, the 12, because they already knew what their role was. And so they needed to appoint somebody new. Can I have the first slide, please, um, John? And this was the job description. Seek out men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I think if I was appointing somebody to take over something like this, I might have a few more things I wanted them to be able to do. Um, I might want them to be good administrators. I might want them to be good at record keeping. I certainly would want them to be of good reputation and I would want them to have wisdom. But why would a job that's largely about distributing stuff, about administering food, why would it need the Holy Spirit? And I want to suggest two areas where I think we need to be mindful of why we need the Holy Spirit in everything. This wasn't a job like making sure you would got the same amount of jam in pastry cases. It's not that kind of distribution. Because whenever we're doing work within the church, whenever we're fulfilling God's purposes in the church, we're dealing with people. We need people who are going to seek the will of God. So these people needed to be full of the Holy Spirit so that they could seek God's will in this way. It was a tricky situation. They needed wisdom in how they were going to speak, how they were going to resolve, how they were going to deal with the unhappiness 
and the discontent that there was. And for that, human wisdom is rarely enough. They needed to have the input of the Holy Spirit so that they would know the words to speak, they would know the way to act, so that not only was the food problem solved, but also the disconsent and the hurt and all the feelings of unhappiness were dealt with as well. At the moment, uh, in my daily readings, I'm going through chronicles. I don't know how often you've had chronicles as your set readings. There are some great stories in there, but there are also almost interminable lists of names. Names of the captains of hundreds, names of the people who were the, the gatekeepers in the temple, names of priests. And while they may be tedious, they do tell us something important. Every individual is valuable to God. Every individual deserves attention and recognition. Every individual is precious in his sight. So when these seven men were dealing, they weren't dealing with an amorphous number of people. They were dealing with individuals. And they needed to remember that each one, however poor, however humble, however whatever, was desperately important to God, that they were precious in his sight. Can we have the second slide, please, John? And then we need the spirit in our lives because without him, we cannot fulfill the purposes of God. The spirit knows the mind of God. This is um, a section out of 1 Corinthians 2, which you can read afterwards if you wish. The Spirit is part of the Trinity. The Spirit is part of that unique communion, that unique community, and he knows the mind of God. If we need to know the mind of God, and we do need to know the mind of God in order to fulfill the purposes of God, then we need to be spirit-filled. You have the next slide, please, John. Because part of the job of the Spirit is to reveal the mind of God to us, to be that conduit that will allow us to know what it is that God's purpose is for our lives. These seven men needed to know what God's purpose was in the distribution of this food. They needed to know the mind of God in relation to how to speak, how to act, how to be community with these people who are feeling marginalized. We have the next slide, please, John. And the Holy Spirit is there to inspire us, to give us that impetus, not only to seek the mind of God, but also to know what God wants and then to be able to do that to do what he wants, to speak the words that he wants us to speak. Because our speech needs to be spirit-inspired, we can do nothing in our own strength. We can say nothing that will turn hearts in our own strength. We need that inspiration of the spirit to give us that spark. And can we have the last slide, the next slide, please, John? And the spirit will illuminate. As we read the scriptures, as we pray, so by the power of the Spirit, we can gain understanding of the purposes of God as we pursue the presence of God. We can do nothing 
in our own strength. We need to know the mind of God. To do that, we need to have the spirit in our lives because he will reveal, he will inspire, and he will illuminate. And everything we do, everything we do, needs to be done by and through the power of the spirit. At the moment, a lot of us are finding that we can't do very much. You're not all in my position of not even being able to walk about. But many of us are in lockdown and are feeling that we're, we're not actually able to do anything, but we can. We need to seek, this, seek the presence of God so that we can do whatever it is God wants us to do. And it may be the simple or not so simple act of prayer, of asking God, who should I be praying about? Who is it that you want me to be holding in my heart? And then to ask God, and how do you want me to pray for them? What is it? What is your will? What is your purpose in my prayer that I can pray according to your will? It may be that we'll be inspired to make a cake, go and see someone, make a phone call, write a letter, send a card, something that will bless someone else. We are blessed to be a blessing. While I was thinking about this, that um, hymn that I used to sing many, many times as a child and later in, uh, in my teenage years and early 20s, was this one by George Herbert, which begins, Teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see, that what I do in anything, to do it as for thee. Later on, there's a verse says, Who sweeps a room as by thy laws, makes that and the action fine. We need to be those who, having sought the mind of God, having looked for the purpose of God in our lives, then do everything as though we were doing it for Jesus. However humble, however small, any service we render to another needs to be rendered just as though we were doing it for the Lord himself. And to his name be all the glory. Amen.